let's get rolling. Um, we've got a fun question for you all. Uh, as you all know, The Daily Dose is a show uh, where we want to educate you, we want to support you, want to connect you with each other. Uh, anyone who's interested in Web3 or NFTs is the place for you. Um, we really want to provide a lot of high value for you. Uh, but we also want to connect you to each other. So here's what I would love you to do. Uh, see that purple comment button in the bottom right of the screen. Uh, please hit it and answer the question, who was your role model growing up? So please share that uh, in the comments. We'd love to hear that. We'll, we'll read out some fun answers. Uh, it's a great chance to, uh, to give some love to somebody. Uh, if they're on Twitter, great. If they're not, that's fine too. So uh, please keep those comments coming in. I can see 336 of you have already commented. Uh, appreciate that a lot. Also, uh, if you feel like uh, retweeting the space, uh, Clemente pinned the tweet up top. Feel free to retweet. Tell your buddies why you're here. Um, and uh, that would be fab. Um, there was a Daily Dose Miami meetup. Uh, our very own Gigi was there. Um, uh, 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 Mickey put that together at their amazing uh, gallery called Holder Gallery. So uh, we're going to hopefully post some pics of that. Fun to see you all get together. It's just please keep doing those meetups. Uh, you don't uh, have to wait for us to organize them. In fact, we're probably not going to organize any meetups. You all uh, can do that. Get your local uh, uh, Daily Dose family together, and we'll try to um, we'll try to uh, let everybody know that you did that and share some pictures. So, uh, love hearing that. Um, guess what? Poaps are starting next week, y'all. Uh, if 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 you're excited about Poaps starting back up, give me some give me some emoji love. Let's see. Uh, or if you just you just hate Poaps, you can thumb down. And I can take that. It's okay. <laughs> oh, we got some hundreds, some hearts happening. Uh, Shiv is just happy. There's hundreds, hundreds happening from Shiv. Uh, Montecop is is happy. Poaps are starting. Mr. Benjamin is thumbing down. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, y'all, it's going to be fun. Um, so here's what you need to do, though. Uh, y'all need to update your Twitter app. Um, so make sure your, your Twitter app is up to date. Um, and... Uh, and, and you need to be listening on mobile. I know some of you are listening on, on, on desktop and we love you. Um, but if you want PO apps, you're going to have to listen on mobile. It's just the only way we can, can really uh, effectively uh, take roll call and, uh, and hand out those PO apps in a fair way. So yeah, listen on your mobile. Keep that Twitter app up to date. Um, we're going to test out uh, the roll call one more time today. Um, y'all, you're going to have to be in the space. So those farmers are going to lose out. Um, so all, all your buddies out there in discords, <laughs> tell them they got to get in the space and listen. Um, and, uh, we're going to, we're going to drop a little surprise roll call every once in a while to keep it live, to keep it fresh. So stay tuned. Um, y'all have just been troopers going through this POAP journey with us. I'm going to give you a little, a little, a little clap emoji to say thank you for, uh, bearing with us as we built live in front of your faces. <laughs> I love it. All right. Um, let's keep going. Uh, Clemente, have I, have I forgotten anything? Are we, are we good to, to move on to the news? You're all, oh, you're killing it. Let's all right. Go. All right. Let's do it. So uh, I'll say it again. You know, we love uh, to try to offer you as much value as we can. Uh, part of the way we do that is by making sure you've got the latest news, you've got the latest market reports and uh, we partner with Mintify uh, to to bring a daily uh, Mintify market report. They share the the latest numbers you all need to know. Uh, I love their tool. It is a absolute uh, pro NFT trading tool. Has world class analytics. 
the team's just stellar. Um, they've got a lifetime NFT pass. You can check them out at mintify.xyz. Uh, so let's uh, welcome them to the show. Is the market up? Is the market down? Let's find out as we look at the market daily report brought to you by Mintify, the NFT terminal for low traders. Mintify. Appreciate that. Over to y'all at Mintify. Thank you. Thank you for that. As always, uh, good morning. Let's get into this market report for today. The weekend Ethereum market volume, 75 million. Weekend sole market volume, 11.5 million. Highest sale, Board Ape 204 for 105 ETH. NFT index top gainers, Blue Chip index up 3.8%. Coming in at number one for that index, Mutant Apes 15 ETH floor price up 3%. Clonex 5.4 ETH floor price up 0.5%. And Fidenza's 90 ETH floor price flat. So the rest of the index was actually down. NFT index top losers, top 20 art down 0.7%. Deep Black AI 0.8 ETH floor price down just about 10%. Unsupervised 0.334 ETH floor price down just about 7%. And Murakami Flowers 0.85 ETH floor price down right around 3%. Most anticipated drops for this week, Shell's Orb is dropping uh, a handful of NFTs on OpenSea, I believe, on the 31st. Nyx Cosmetics is dropping on the 31st. Chrysalis on OpenSea is dropping on February 2nd. Loud Punks also on February 2nd. And Something Fishy on February 4th. Some noteworthy market updates. Online blockchain is planning to release the Rocky Horror Show collection at some point. There's not very much information on that just yet. And OneCoin founder Ruja Ignatova has resurfaced in a UK government filing after five years of silence. Market stats, global crypto market cap, 1080.96 billion. BTC dominance, 42.38%. Bitcoin open interest, $7.56 billion and fear and greed at 61 which has absolutely been mooning. It was at like, what, 51 last week? So that, that's a big jump. Uh, Bitcoin currently at 23.168, down about 1.5%. And Ethereum, 15.85, down 1.8%, with S&P right around 40.47, down just under, point nine, uh, just under 1%, sorry. Lastly, uh, we're excited to announce that we have integrated with Coinbase today. You can read more about it in the pinned tweet. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, Mintify. Thank you very much. Um, thanks so much to everyone uh, sharing their hero growing up. Uh, White Wolf said, my dad for sure. May God rest his soul. I love you, dad. Oh. Um, uh, hop on. Hapanapono said, uh, I was lucky to grow up in a happy family and have my parents as role models. Both of them are incredible. I love them. Oh, this is great, y'all. As a parent, this is making me happy. Um, next up was Lav. They said, it was always my baseball coaches growing up. I didn't grow up with a father, so they always did a great job filling that void. Uh, also, lovely comment from Rafa Simon. Uh, they said, my mom. She's very hardworking and wise. She raised us through thick and thin and made us become a better person. I will miss her so much, and I love her. Oh, my God, I'm tearing up. <laughs> That's so sweet. I love uh, that you all are sharing those things. Um, keep them coming. Uh, let us know uh, who your hair was growing up in the comments. 
Um, also seeing some fun pictures, uh, Sonder, uh, shared a beautiful picture of a hike and they said, wish all dosers a great day. This is the weather in Sweden today. Pick from my walk before. So love hearing from you all in the audience. Um, uh, just as much as we love hearing from people on the stage. So, uh, uh, thanks for, for commenting. I also just want to say, I, I see so many loyal listeners in the audience, um, who y'all have been showing up POAP or no POAP. And I really appreciate you. Uh, you all are really, um, helping us build the true daily dose community. I just want to, want to shout you out. So thank you for that. All right, let's go to our next segment. Uh, as I mentioned, we really want you all to be prepped with the latest news for the day. Uh, make sure you've got the information you need and lucky trader, uh, sponsors the show to help us do that. I've been a massive fan of the team and the product for a long time. Uh, I'm always, uh, double click and reading on stories on luckytrader.com. Uh, they just have a killer analyst team, uh, that really gives the highest quality news. I think in the industry, uh, they've also got a great space before this called the lucky Leaden. It's only 26 minutes. It's all business. It's super fast. And it's packed with information. So make sure to check that out. Uh, let's welcome them to the show. Lucky Trader. Lucky Trader. What stories are moving the market? The Lucky Trader app brings you trusted NFT news anywhere you go. It's the Daily Dose News. Here's Lucky Trader. Lucky Trader. Thanks. The voice over to y'all. Lucky Trader. Ryan, thank you and good morning. And everyone, welcome to Lucky Traders Top News Stories for today. Open editions are the story of the weekend, headlined by NESS Graphics selling $2.2 million worth of editions in 69 minutes on Saturday. Other major artists were involved as well, including Dan Giz and Terrell Jones. But as of this morning, most of the editions are trading below mint, leading many to speculate if we are seeing a similar bubble as the Nifty Gateway run in spring 2021. Japanese NFT founder and influencer Ikahaya launched a free mint Genesis Pass as an open edition on Saturday night. He then cut the supply at 6,000 after just a few minutes, and the pass soared to 0.3 ETH in overnight trading. Ikahaya, the founder of Crypto Ninja Partners, initially said the pass would have no utility and then switched gears and said it would become a mint pass for Japanese art. And the mint pass's success shed some spotlight on the rising Japanese NFT scene becoming a force in the market. Some sad news, Yuga co-founder Gordon Goner or Wiley Arano shared that he will be taking a leave of absence from the company for health reasons after announcing he has congestive heart failure. Wiley will stay on with Yuga as a board member and strategic advisor while he recovers. In the interim, Yuga's leadership team will be led by Garga and Daniel Allegre. Proof revealed the artist behind Grails 3 on Friday in a widely acclaimed live reveal session streamed on YouTube, unveiling big names like Matt Cain, Alpha Centauri Kid, Seneca, OXT Joe, and more. And in Web3 and blockchain news, the California DMV is working with Tezos to digitize car titles for California drivers, working to finalize a full replication of the state's title data on the blockchain within the next three months. They'll use a consumer app managed by the DMV to allow transfer of the title titles as NFTs, and the primary driver of the decision appears to be that they're able to use a private instance of the Tezos blockchain for the project. That is it for today, Ryan. Back to you. Thanks. Really appreciate it. I was trying to unmute myself. <laughs> um, appreciate you all bringing the news. Uh, I'm really excited to talk about open editions today. So uh, that's going to be our first discussion topic. So if you are in the audience, you're passionate about open editions, you have expertise, uh, feel free to request and come up. Uh, we'd love to hear from a diverse set of 
uh, folks out there. Um, so uh, that is the topic of discussion first. But before we do that, let's do a little nerd alert. It is time for the nerd alert. Ooh, appreciate that. Uh, so what is Tezos? Tezos is our little nerd alert today. Uh, it is an open source decentralized blockchain. It's an L1. It is associated with a token called Tez, which currently is at about $1.20 and is a market cap of about $34 million. Uh, many artists prefer to use FX hash, which is the Tezos version of Artblocks due to its really easy use. It's super low cost. Uh, so if you'd like to start collecting art, Tezos is seen as one of the best places to start due to its lower cost options and the really cutting edge nature of the art. Um, so just thought, you know, throw a little Tezos knowledge out there um, in case you hadn't heard of it. So I uh, appreciate that. Restivo, just love Tez. What's going on? I love Tezos. I love collecting on Tezos because it's so accessible and, you know, artworks, you can just support tons of, of small artists or photographers. Like it's really, really awesome. Definitely mm. encourage people. Um, maybe I'll drop a little thread of some of the stuff I've collected. Ooh. Cause it's just super fun. Do it. Love it. Yeah. That'd be fun. Um, it, it does have a really kind of, um, pure, like authentic, creative, uh, feel, especially on FX hash. And so I appreciate your Steve pointing that out and, and sharing your emoji love for that. <laughs> I just noticed there's just heart emojis streaming out of you. Um, all right, well let's uh let's get going on our discussion topic uh, where we're going to discuss an uh, discussion discussing a discussion of open editions. <laughs> so uh, come on up on stage if if you're passionate about that. Um, while Clemente brings up some speakers, I want to read out some more comments about y'all's heroes when you're growing up. Uh, Flame says, "My grandfather for sure, hardworking farmer, loved his community." County commissioner, decorated World War II vet, hilarious ornery guy, also taught me how to drive. And there's just a fabulous picture uh, of of his uh, grandfather. Thanks, Flame. Um, got a nice little comment from uh, Next Tabs Twenty One. They said, "GM Daily Dosers, have a good day and week. Cheers from Madrid. Um, love how global you all are." Um, D3PO said, "Role model growing up, definitely my grandfather." He made it to 85 years and I had 40 with him and a really cute picture of them all uh, loving on uh, his, uh, his wife. Love it. It's beautiful. Uh, Grimlink says, uh, I have to say Tony Robbins started reading his books and listening to his cassettes, an amazing human that impacted so many by helping them to be empowered and overcome adversities. Love hearing that. And finally, Jose Para says, Wim Hof, Iceman. He has the best method to fight 21st century illness, which is depression, anxiety, and anger. And uh, he's got a picture of him dumping himself in a cold bucket, <laughs> which is awesome. I took my cold shower this morning, uh, so I I, I, I can uh, support you, some me of that. Me too, actually. You hey! Know, it's, it's something about, I have to say, the, the <laughs> Chelan summer quote-unquote cold showers are, are a lot easier than the Seattle ones. <laughs> my God, I love that, y'all. So every, anyone out there who's weird enough like us to do uh, cold showers, uh, throw us throw us some emojis. Let's see if there's any weirdos like us out there. That, that Barbie's just laughing at us. Nope. Um, nope. Clemente, I think it's just me and you. Not seeing, oh, here we go. We're seeing some emojis. Uh, F- uh, Fadal does it. Uh, Mike Daly does cold showers. Uh, Jepegsky, love it. Okay. We got some cold shower fans out there. Um, man, it wakes you up 
Oh my goodness. Like it's better than any coffee I've ever had. So, okay. Why let's move on. <laughs> Jose Parr, you got us talking about, uh, about, uh, ice therapy. Um, let's start talking about open editions. Um, we've got a, a world famous photographer, uh, up on stage, John, John, how you doing? Yeah, I'm Ryan. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Good to reconnect. Um, enjoyed talking to you IRL in Vegas. That was really fun. And your story, I don't know how much you've shared, so I'm not going to share any of it, but y'all, John has a, an amazing, inspiring story. Uh, so dig in, follow that guy. Um, really talented photographer and, and great human. Love you, Ryan. Um, Thanks, man. Yeah, of course. I appreciate you. So let's talk about open editions. It's, it's the rage right now, right? Um, we're seeing them take over the NFT market. For example, this weekend, as reported in the news, we saw artist Ness Graphics sold $2.2 million worth of open editions in 69 minutes. There was over 20,000 NFTs minted. The price was 0 0.069. And then again, as Lucky Trader pointed out, we, we saw Japanese NFT founder uh, Ikehaya launch their free mint at Genesis Pass, which was fascinating because they they pivoted it into uh, a, a, a like a pass uh, after 6,000 were minted. And then we saw that uh, run up to 0.3 ETH, uh, 1,200 ETH trade in secondary. Uh, you know, we've seen Punk6529 tweet uh, threads about open edition and sort of point out, hey, these could be compared to posters, you know, uh, and, you know, generally posters, you don't expect to go up in value. So, uh, you know, what does that mean? Um, Clemente just posted a poll. I'd love you all to answer so we can chit chat about it as we go. The question is, have you purchased an open edition in the last two weeks? If so, which one did you purchase? Um, so the, the discussion is, is, is this, what makes an open edition more valuable than others? Do you think open editions will be a fad or a tool that becomes widely used by artists in the future? I really want to dig into this and, and what this means for the future of, of NFTs. Uh, let's go to hands. Uh, John, I see your hand. Oh, I didn't realize I was going to be first. Is it? Or, hey. No, it's it's John John K, right? Oh, yeah. Sorry. There's two yeah, of yeah, you. Go ahead. I, mean, <laughs> I, I meant John Sacka. So uh, over oh, to you first, okay. then we'll go to John Knopf next. Yeah. I You know, I TLDR, let them enjoy the moment. I mean... Like some say it's a cash grab, but I've collected a few from artists I really love. And it's an ex if you can get in in the mint window, it's a very accessible way for me to collect their art. And a lot of them are actually doing something more than most projects are doing. Like a lot of artists are going to say, okay, well, you can burn it and, and get something else. And this is a way for me to fund the next year of my time in this space. And I love that. Like, why not give them funds so that they don't have to worry about like, oh, this one of one, is it going to sell? Do, can I convince mm. one collector to spend $50,000 on this piece? Like, let them, let them make it more accessible. And it reminds me of Tez. I also collect a lot of Tez. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, $5, $10 for a piece of art. And it's just fun. It's the speculative nature gets removed and you really can just enjoy being in the space and being a collector. So I yeah, love it. I hear you. Um, so, so John Sack has a bullish and open editions thinks it's good to support artists i personally agree uh, uh you know we had isaac wright um drift on the show uh recently and and um he did an open edition and i i absolutely loved minting that it was just like you know what i want to support this person with all my heart I, I i do not care if there's any utility ever um this is an artist i care about and i want to support and i love that that we're seeing that um it is interesting though 
um, to, to see, you know, folks like Jack Butcher, like really turn on some like fascinating gamified mechanics, like with burning, you know, I think that's going to continue. Um, but, uh, but, but that doesn't need to be what open editions are about in my mind. Um, we're going to transition in a little bit to attention. Like, well, ultimately this is all about attention. Like an open edition doesn't matter if no one pays attention to it. So, uh, we'll dig into that in a minute. Uh, John, John, Knopf, over to you. GM. So I'm going to go on a little diatribe here, if you don't mind. Ooh, <laughs> um, I like diatribes. Let's go. <laughs> I'm also going <laughs> to pin something to the top. I hope you don't mind. I'm taking that over. <laughs> do but it. Do it. Thank, thank you. X tweeted something the other day that said, I support artists winning. And I think it's as simple as that. That's really what it comes down to. Artists have been undervalued for so long, for centuries. We've been gatekept. We've been held back. Um, what is the cash grab? Let's go into that. A cash grab is not really defined as someone who goes into the space and makes money. A cash grab is someone who rugs a community. Let's say you make a bunch of promises and a roadmap and then you take off with the money. That's a cash grab. So artists who come into the space and they drop something and they make a bunch of money and let's say they don't come back for six months. That's not a cash grab. That's just an artist who's creating and they're not necessarily investing all their time into social media and the space. And that's okay. Because the idea is is that artists create wealth so that they can create more art. And I, I've seen a lot of the arguments of like artists, um, when they sell their art, they're taking out liquidity by selling their ETH. That, that's not really realistic. The fundamentals of how like a market works is that when an artist sells their ETH, that creates a buying opportunity for someone who's long-term on the blockchain and wants to buy in because that lowers the price of Ethereum. So... Essentially, what artists are doing is they're creating what is sustainable income. But how do you do that, right? Normally, you can't do that with one of ones. Like, let's take photography, for example. Photographers don't release one of ones usually almost in their entire career ever. And we're talking like, let's say a 40-year photographer seasoned veteran. That's someone who starts releasing one of ones, and those go for millions of dollars. You can Google it. They're on Wikipedia. The idea is to create sustainable income for an artist, not just to sell million-dollar prints. That's just not practical. So you create sustainable income by additions, by open additions, limited additions. And I understand the idea that you need to create a scarce supply and that that is maybe somewhat a necessity to some collectors, not everyone, but some. And I understand that, that is, there is a balance and that all artists need to find that balance because you do want to keep some eye on your supply, but at the same time, you shouldn't hold back from minting because this also goes into minting one of ones and everything else. Mm. Have you ever been into a gallery where no art was for sale? I mean, that's just, that doesn't happen. The reason you go <laughs> right. to a gallery is usually right to buy art. So when yeah. someone goes to your foundation page, your super rare page, your open sea, and you have no art for sale, they can't buy anything. And I'm going to mm. give you an example. Um, when I first got into space, there was no photography and be minted. I mean, no landscape photographer was putting their work up. Still images were just like everyone was saying that still images just wouldn't sell. You had to do 3D. You had to animate your art. Right. There was no way that still photography was going to sell. So I put up my work. I put it up for 80th, 20th, just prices that everyone was. I mean, I got DMs saying I was ruining the market, destroying the you know <laughs> photography, the shit that I was getting. Right. But then one day, you know, five months later, a guy came in and bought my entire portfolio. Now, I'm not oh saying God. this is going to happen, right? I'm not saying it's going to happen for every single person because it won't. What I am saying is that if you have work available for collectors to collect, they're going to collect your art. 
That's just mm. the that's that's how success eventually will work. You have to you have to hold on. You have to be patient, and you have to understand that this is a long term game. So I understand that open editions right now look like a cash grab because their value doesn't hold, their floor doesn't hold. But I'm being honest with everybody in this room. There is not very many artists in this space that got into the art to get rich. That's just not what we do. Yeah. We, it's not. I, I, it's not. It's not realistic. Zero. Right. Like it's not realistic. Artists don't get in here to get rich and we don't get into the space to get our friends or collectors rich. We create art so that people enjoy it, to share it, to love it. I create art for my walls and I hope that people enjoy it and that they share it. But the whole idea is and if you want artists to maintain their integrity and their values, then you have to believe that they are creating art for themselves that hopefully you will like. So when I go into the open edition diatribe. I just want everybody to understand this is a way for artists to make money to make more art. It's not a cash grab because they're not promising you anything and they're not leaving the community with your money. They're making more art for you to be able to collect. That is the idea. Uh, We we appreciate And I want to say more, one more thing. We appreciate your collectors more than anything, but they don't dictate how we create our art. We are the artists we will create it. If collectors don't want to buy it, that is their option. But don't come at artists because their floor didn't hold. That's bullshit. Amen. Thank you. Like, love you, Ryan. I love it. I love a little diatribe, <laughs> especially from someone. It, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love a counterpoint. Um, no, I, I, and I 100% agree. Um, that one of the things that makes Web3 so beautiful is that uh, artists can actually come in and get paid. And if we can protect royalties, you know, ideally we'll get uh, artists paid in, per- in perpetuity. Um, so that's the goal I think we're all working towards. Um, so thanks, John. I appreciate it uh, and couldn't agree more. Um, the poll is interesting, y'all. It's already, uh, it's already shaking it up. Um, make sure to vote before it closes. Uh, so far, 70, almost 72% of you uh, have purchased an open edition in the last two weeks. Uh, so it's fun to, to see how that's shaken out. Um, also, uh, seeing some good comments uh, from the crowd, Barry Gladiator says, I feel like they're a way for artists to finally get paid for their work, but at the same time, open editions can become exploitative. I think PAX Merge is an interesting case study. $90 million went to PAX, while the community was left with NFTs that are worth very little. Uh, interesting sort of counterpoint to that. Um, and uh, obviously, we're going to have different opinions on how this shakes out. Um, I, I think... I mean, you can feel the artists that are here uh, because they truly are creative. Uh, they they care about their collectors. They're a part of the community. And, you know, not to kiss John's booty, but, you know, he's here uh, communicating. Uh, just part. Goss is here on stage communicating, right? So, um, you know, it's great to see artists who, who are truly a part of the community uh, being a part of the community. So, um, let's keep going uh, to further hands. Uh, so, so Heil, I think I'm saying that right, but I'm not sure. <laughs> Clemente is laughing, I guess. Thanks, Ryan, for having me. And <laughs> I tried. No, 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 you did great. Honestly, it's, it's not an easy name. It's Suhail, but, but you, did, you, okay. you did a great Welcome. job. Thanks for having me and shout out to, to Clemente and John and all others here. So, you know, I'm a researcher and, you know, when I, when I get into these like different situations and trends and seeing a meta, quote-unquote meta, uh, I used to ask like questions and, and try to kind of discover a little bit deeper. And the question that I would ask here, you know, besides be agreeing with John in all the kind of empowerment power that is bringing, the, the open edition is bringing to the, to the art ecosystem and the NFT ecosystem in general. And I'm a kind of, you know, uh, 
edition collector myself. But one of the questions that I have uh, around the artist win discussion and narrative is that what segments of artists are winning and what do we consider a win here? Do we consider like an open edition with hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars of sales for an artist who already had like a very successful career and perhaps like multi-million dollar of sales uh, in their kind of, you know, history, a, a big win? Or do we consider empowering like smaller artists who are winning like tens of thousands or a few thousand dollars a win in, in like an open edition trend or craze or whatever we want to call it? So that's kind of one of, one of my main questions, because in my point of view, I think the open edition trend that we are seeing right now is kind of giving more more power slash money to those already super established artists that mm. maybe ne not necessarily needed all these money in just you know a fraction of uh, hour let's say uh, mm. however a lot of other artists you know stay kind of left out again like this is a question that i would like to ask and i would like to just see people's perspective and later yeah. on hopefully i do a research and publish some information yeah thank here's you. ohio thank you it is an interesting question you know are, are the the well-known folks just getting more well-known and making more wealth I, I mean i would say that's how the world works right so people with attention get more attention uh, and there is no changing that right but i do think that we're starting to see uh, artists rise up and uh, gain credibility do the work start to get collectors do open editions like you know the go up that stair uh, case towards, you know, being wider known, well known. Like I think it, it it's just part of the game uh, that, that artists are, are willing to play just like us founders are willing to play it. You've got to do the work to get the attention and, and then it yields after that. I think both can exist and, and, and will exist. Um, seeing some good comments uh, coming from obg.eth. Uh, they said recently picked up a piece by Sarah script, a beautiful open edition uh, I think Sarah's in the audience. Uh, yep, she is. Good to see her. And actually, there was a little Daily Dose Easter egg in that one, uh, which is really fun. Uh, Food Baskew, uh, who's an amazing artist, um, friend of mine, uh, uh, commented, I collected the full set of PR guitar man uh, Nyan balloons, including the super Nyan balloons in pink, <laughs> which is fun. Fun to see an artist collecting another artist, by the way. Um, Food Baskew uh, is a, a talented artist and of their own right. Um, and then... Uh, and then Roller says, I think this answers the question, lol. And there's a, a gif uh, uh, of Shirley uh, trying to keep up with every open edition meant be like, and she's trying to, she's on the little factory line <laughs> trying to get everything. Um, so I love hearing from you all in the audience. Thanks for, for commenting. Um, let's keep going uh, to hands. Uh, Stella, hello. You had your hand up, but it went down. Are you there, Stella? Yes, yes, yes. I'm so sorry. No problem. <laughs> I Welcome. To, I had to attend to, to a call. Um, yes, so what I wanted to say is a great platform um, for artists. And uh, I've been following a few artists from a while back. And they, used, they were able to use Manifold at a fraction of a cost what it would take them to uh, launch you know, a contract on, on uh, Etherscan. So it helped them out to... Um, you know, to, to put their art out there and then get their followers or their collectors to purchase that. So I've done that. But it seems also that we are, an, you know, from a different perspective, not an artist perspective, it seems this is a new meta. And those people who are, 
you know, there's probably going to be some people who can exploit it because we know that the art can be created with the, with the artificial intelligence and it looks pretty, pretty beautiful. So I think there is, uh, because of that aspect, I think there's a possibility that it can get exploited. And uh, because it's so I don't easy. know how secure, yeah. I don't know how secure it is yet. Like maybe you can address that uh, if, this is, uh, if there's any security issues um, mm. could arise from it. Yeah, uh, I'll, I, I think the way I look at this is, is like any good tooling set, you know, uh, chat GPT, mid journey, anything AI related that makes humans more efficient. I don't think it's going to, uh, you know, take away the value from, you know, a, a, a piece from John Knopf or a piece from Gossamer, or, you know, a, a piece from any open edition artists because uh, we, we, we value them as an artist. Um, uh, I think they could even use that tooling if they wanted to uh, actually uh, use manifold over the weekend. My nephew is here, Josh, and for fun, we wanted to mint a collection. So we use manifold and the props to the manifold team. Like it is so easy. Wow. Loved it. And uh, we thought we'd drop a free collection with 0% royalties just for fun and uh, drop it to the first 19 POAP uh, collectors and just fun things like that. You know, manifold makes it very easy to do. Um, so that, that was, that was pretty neat. Um, let's keep going though. Uh, thanks though, Stella. Good question. Yeah. And I, One I more point. It. I think it also sure. can gauge, uh, like the artists who are out there that haven't done this, uh, and they're just entering, you know, want to enter the digital world. I think it can gauge uh, public interest that way too. So if you put some wonderful piece out and then mm. you see, you know, maybe it can open eyes and then find more, uh, collectors that way. I, I think that's great. Yep. Love it. Thanks, Stella. Appreciate you stopping by. Um, Gossamer, hello. Welcome. Hey, good morning, everyone. Um, GM, GM. Yeah, I, I, just wanted, I just wanted to say really quickly, like, John, uh, thank you so much for just just going hard on, like, everything. <laughs> Little diatribe. I loved <laughs> it. everything that, like, artists deserve. Because I've, I've honestly been, like, so sick of, like, hearing, like, half of the space say, oh, but they're not, the artists aren't delivering anything. It's like, this is a cash grab or like, oh, it's just a bore, like people being like bored and or like tired of the meta. And I'm just like, I just can't, it's just so frustrating to like see that and then feel self-conscious as an artist. Like if I do, if someone or I do an open edition, like, oh man, or how are people going to feel about this? Like half of Twitter, half of crypto Twitter is going to be like, kind of pissed off that I'm like on a bandwagon or doing this or that and it's like at the end of the day it's like we just have to remember that artists are first and artists we deserve we hard. deserve to support ourselves like it's just <laughs> you do it's ridiculous <laughs> like it's like why do we I have know. to build this like entire project and brand just to be an artist like it should be as simple as you get art and you buy it like it just like going to the Amen. store and buying a coffee like you bought a coffee it's not gonna be worth anything after you drink it <laughs> where's the utility so just- Right, just chill out. Like you get caffeinated, it feels good. So you buy art, (laughs) it feels great. You like looking at it. So I think people need to calm down. But yeah, thank you so much, John, for just going straight up and just just going through it. It just just feels so good. Yep. I mean, artists like you, I, I, you know, I'm obviously a fan. Everybody knows uh, I'm a fan of Tiger Bob. Here, I got a, I got a bag of Tiger Bobs, and I'm a fan of Gossamer. So, um, so uh, just being transparent there. But yeah, I. Uh, we all want artists to win. I mean, it, like nobody, I think, in the Daily Dose community wants artists to lose, right? We all want to support that. Um, it's funny because it usually, 
depends on how much ETH I have in my hot wallet. Depending if I can do open editions, like, oh, can I grab that one? I'm like, oh, damn it. I need to go to the bank to transfer some ETH to my... <laughs> so uh, I plan on grabbing a couple open editions soon. Just need to move some ETH around. Um, let's keep going to the the amazing list of speakers. We've got a lot of hands to get through, and then we'll, we'll probably uh, rotate off this subject to... Uh, the next subject, which is Founders in Web3, which is inter interestingly connected to that. Uh, let me throw it to Clemente first, though, before I, I keep going around. Yeah, real quick. I know I know John's had his hand up for a little bit. and This kind of related to, I'd, I'd love to get his perspective on it. And it also relates to what we're going to be talking about later, Ryan, as far as founders in Web3 and, and artists all of a sudden, I feel like, have this really interesting dynamic where, similar to these Web3 founders, they have almost like a tr very liquid tradable asset that's attached to them almost like them as an artist which is really interesting because you take this qualitative usually traditionally very illiquid uh, piece that all of a sudden now it's like your belief in the future of this artist is now tradable and has a dollar right. attached to it when before like artists didn't have to worry about that they, yeah. and it, it's like this business aspect of it where they can't just create just to create but they have to worry about Hey, you know, am I doing this right? But I think a, maybe, I don't know if it's a positive and I'm curious for John's perspective here or Gossamer is like, hey, the ones that are able to do it right can almost use it as a tool to further boost the attention that they can get. And the ones that can play this gamification aspect of it is a positive. But for the, the ones that don't necessarily know how to play it as well, it can be a little bit of a disadvantage. So I'm curious for, for John or for Gossamer what it was like going and, and transitioning into this role of like, all of a sudden, every everything you do, everything you put out is public and is very tradable and has a dollar amount to it. Amen. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, John, we'll throw it back to you. Yeah, you know, it, for artists, like, it's a very vulnerable place for us to put our art out there. So when, like, a value is attached to it and it's super transparent and everyone can see it, it's not like a gallery, like that you have and you can just sell art out of and you can just say, yeah, art is selling. It's actually transparent on the blockchain so everyone can see that you are failing. That's how it feels, right? So it, it, it puts you in a very vulnerable state. Um, so I, I don't think like it's easy for most artists to be able to attach a value to their art. I mean, that's what I get like from the most um, like question from most photographers, like what should I price my art at? And and I, I always go to nobody can tell you what to price your art at because you will regret that in the future and you will resent that person. So I always tell anyone who's like selling their art to price art at a price you'll never regret it for if you see it flip for double that in the future because it won't like tear your soul out when you watch that happen because it's so hard <laughs> to attach that value to your art. But but going back also to the open edition, like what um, I think it was Soleil was saying um, about how, um, you know, famous artists, maybe they're the only ones that benefit from open editions. But I want to take Ness for an example. You know, Ness Graphics released that uh, open edition and he sold like, you know, $2 million worth. But it wasn't because he's a famous artist or because it was an open edition or anything like that. It was because the demand was there. So maybe because he was famous, but more of like the demand was there. People had been asking for him for multiple years. Hey, dude, when are you going to release an open edition so I can collect your art? So when you look at that, you have to understand like when you're releasing an open edition, you have to, the demand needs to be there. There needs to be people asking. And it's not like Ness just was like one day, I'm going to make a, a bunch of money real quick and just release this open edition and see what <laughs> happens, which he could Without do by doing the way. the work. Like, Right, right. There's nothing wrong with that. He could do it, but it probably won't be as successful. What Ness did was he planned it. He spent time. He spent like a year like going, how can I give 
back to collectors that want to collect my art but maybe can't afford the price point of you know 10 ETH and so the idea yeah. is is if the demand is there and the audience is there and people are asking you to do an open edition it doesn't matter if you're famous or not that's going to sell so I, I just wanted to like touch back on that because it's not like the rich only get richer that that's not really like the idea is is that the demand is there so people can sell it amen thanks John um, we'll, uh, let's, I want to get all these hands, uh, a chance. So what, we'll uh, we'll keep it snappy, you amazing speakers, and then we'll, we'll transition. Let's go uh, next to Adriana. Welcome. I think you're a first time speaker. Yeah, I am. So, Hey, uh, really excited woo, woo. to finally speak. I've, I've been lurking for a bit, but I'm excited to finally. Thanks for popping by. Yeah, of course. Um, yes, yeah, so I really just wanted to share my thoughts from someone that has been, in the collectible space for like so, so long. I mean, I have seen, I kind of started off even pre NFTs in um, like the Zox community, which is just like collectible elastic wristbands. And I mean, I saw people selling wristbands for $900 and I was buying them for that much. And then we were buying and selling like all of that rarity there. That's crazy. I, I love it. So people <laughs> be like, why are you paying so much for this little, you know, elastic wristband? It's like, it's collectible. It's from different artists. It's the whole thing. And, and I'm looking at the whole open edition thing like this. Like, I've never, I've not seen one artist that's like holding your hand and forcing it over the mint button, like, do it or else. Like, give me <laughs> you your better money. mint my open edition. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, I mean, I just think it's great. Like, I look at pieces from like, you know, Amber Vittoria, and she is very much like, hey, I'm giving everyone a chance to collect my art. And I think that's beautiful. I think that's awesome. I think it's a really, nice low entry point, you know, for someone that maybe wants to collect an artist's work, but they don't have, you know, three ETH to spend on it, or, you know, maybe they're saving up and, you know, even like with the Nyan balloons, like mm. I love the whole burn mechanism. You can take your NFT, you can get a different cooler NFT. There's the personalization, there's the rarity factor. I mean, I just think it's great. Like, you know, and you just have to really think, are you buying to flip? Are you buying to collect or are you buying to support an artist or is Amen. it a combination? And just be happy with that choice. And, you know. I love it. <laughs> you're preaching. I th you're preaching, I think, to the choir. We agree. Like, <laughs> uh, absolutely agree. I love that you are buying little plastic bracelets. Like, no wonder uh, you're into 10 FTs and all of us are here. <laughs> so, I know. It's like, yeah. <laughs> thanks for stopping by. I appreciate of it. Of course. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's throw it to uh, one of my favorite artists, Ed. How's it going? Hey. Hey y'all, um, GM. GM uh, I, Clemente, your 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 question of regarding the font founders and how do we like navigate in it? Like, so I think with me and Gossamer, if anything, like you know, not for all artists, but like those who also have like a project, um, as well as and we're also one of one artists, right? There is this difficulty of being able. Uh, to handle both right like and you, you it's it's we don't have the huge teams behind us we don't really have um the strategic planning behind us right what we've done is legit the grassroots we've went into we were in the space we built the community um and then we were like well you know what we feel like um we are at the point that is enough for us to do a bigger project um and it takes a lot and, and i think sometimes for us um, we it's it, 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 there's a huge difficulty because a lot a lot of the times too um, we're also still the ones building what like building the communities at the same you're doing yeah, it all like at the same time like I when I did my job I'm here still hosting the bipoc um, the bipoc spaces right and right. helping artists talk about their art 
at the same time. And then, you know, but you also have these other projects that, you know, don't really have to do that. Like, they just come in, or they didn't do that. They just come in, talk about their work, and then just sometimes leave, or, you know, they just mm-hmm. come in, drop, and then hopefully successful, then they stay. But meanwhile, you have, like, mm-hmm. these one-on-one artists that have, like, legit been building and like they drop and then are still building and now they like not only have they been building communities for other artists but now they're building communities for their own art and are you exhausted so so yeah so that so what it is it leads <laughs> to burnout it does lead to a lot of burnout so what i always tell like the what the things that can help is finding people who are also finders in the space founders in the space that can that you can lean on um for advice um, another thing is sometimes letting people know, especially if you're in this space, they know that you're not a rug, um, or they should know, um, because you've been here for quite some time. Like, where am I going? Amen. I'm still like, <laughs> like no, nowhere. I've been building before this project. I'm still going to be building after. So you know, you have to let that people it. know that. In, in addition, I think an- another thing is the whole utility thing, and a lot of us who are one-on-one artists, you know, that's not really our game when it comes to utility. I mean, it's more of like you know. Uh, it's it's not like the promise thing. It's like the you know, right. like, like that's not what it, we really want you to love our pieces. Like you know, to be very honest, right. not because of a trick. Utility. A lot of us are like, yo, we're gonna do this bigger project, and we're gonna teach these people who are like doing these PFPs or whatever that it could be dope, and so like, <laughs> that it could be a dope project. <laughs> and so that's sometimes a lot of us that's like our challenge. Like, oh, how do we change um, uh, the thought about we regarding oh a PFP project or how it needs to look? Like, we really care yep. about quality. Because what we we came yeah. into the space, as John said, as artists, we just wanted to show our right. work, and so um, it, it's still very. I know it's very difficult, um, but it is. It's it's what we it's, it's what us artists do. We love to be we like Amen. to be difficult and do all these things. It's you know it doesn't really help us, but at the end of the day, it's because we love art, and and I just Amen. hope that people also understand that when they buy into us one of one artists and just you know. You know, these projects that are built from one-on-one artists, like, we're legit doing this because we just love the space. We want to see it grow. We Amen. want quality there. So, so I just wanted to say that. I agree. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think a lot of us uh, here in, in Daily Dose and further, you know, want to support you as an artist and, and all artists. It's, it's, it's part of the purity of the space uh, that's so attractive and exciting. Uh, it's a, it, it is about creativity at its core. Um, so, so yeah, I, I'm here for it and, and we'll continue to do that. Appreciate you stopping by Ed. Um, before, uh, I'll, I'll hand it over to, uh, send it to LDN in a second, but, um, seeing some nice comments from you all about your heroes that I want to call out. So Susan Ent said, my dad was my role model. He taught me the importance of laughter and following your dreams and that you can do anything. Even though he's gone, he's always with me. With a really sweet picture of him. And then, uh, um, uh, Nervan four and four, um, says, uh, until the age of seven, I was raised by the unconditional love of my grandmother, which is freaking awesome. Love it. Um, let's pass it to, uh, send it to LDN and then we'll, uh, transition topics. GM Ryan. Thanks for having me on loving Welcome. this conversation. Um, I manage an artist, so I'm really, uh, enjoying all this, all this debate at the moment. Uh, and I'm also kind of a, a big collector of physical art. So it's really interesting to to hear all the different thoughts. Um, I think as a whole, it's definitely a great thing. We've been seeing the build of one-on-one artists over the last few months, which has been amazing. Um, and I think that's great. I think John raised a good point. I think when you're high profile, 
you kind of need to be a bit more careful with those moves. And I think that's the little, I think that's where the concerns are maybe coming from at the moment, what people are seeing on the timeline. Obviously, if you're a new artist, make use of Manifold. It's amazing. Uh, and even experiment as well. You know, I think people have to be careful. There is a real thing with supply. If you're an artist, it's, you know, it's, it's different to a, a PFP project. You have to be very wary of your supply, especially as it's going to be on the blockchain. It's not like a, a print or something that might get, you know, in, in five years time, there's not as many prints around. This is going to stick about. Um, so be careful with that uh, supply. Um, and I think it's it's one of those things that I just I'm wary of us going back to the nifty gateway days of, uh, you know, additions every day um, and it all almost kind of burning out and, and people and it, in a way becoming a bit of a, a cash grab, like John said, so just doing additions for the sake of it. And I do feel like we're already maybe slightly verging on that with a couple of these releases and you've been seeing artists take a bit of heat and trying to have to defend themselves which isn't nice but i feel mm. like that's also the artist maybe through lack of having a team uh, or the experience um sort of making the right moves i think if you look at artists like grant you jake fried people like that they're they're building a, a really sort of long-term uh career right um, you have to so, navigate it don't you this, exactly exactly the, the, the timing and, and, and the structure of that yeah and you've seen it in the physical art space there was artists like cause even takashi murakami a few years ago everyone was going crazy about him then they did releases every month even daniel arsham they did releases like literally every other month it's a new edition a new edition and it just got tiring and now their primary prices for originals have suffered uh their editions have suffered um, and just the whole edition market in the physical art space has really suffered because uh, people just, you know, really, um, really kind of pushed it over right. the last couple of years and and the pricing. So I just think, yeah, be be a bit wary, uh, especially if you're kind of starting to get success. It's it's easy to kind of, you know, whack out an open edition, seeing yeah. someone I like you, Ness. I think you're right. Like you, what you're basically saying is there's got to be a cadence that works long term for the the collector's of an artist um, yeah but, and, and but for also, the artist as well yeah you know? I right, think right more for the artist than the collector more so so they have a really long-term career and then they're not worrying oh why aren't my one one selling now and yeah absolutely because they've they've you know they've everyone's filled their boots with a with an addition so no one yep. no one needs a one of one yeah i hear you thank you um it, it'll be interesting to see this shake out long term um uh, I, I'm excited for artists to continue to stay in the space and be supported. Um, let's go ahead and transition to our next subject. Uh, we don't have a lot of time left in the show, but I think we can touch on it briefly. And the, the discussion is this, uh, it's really about founders in web three. And we've all seen that one of the largest differences between web two and web three is that most web three companies have a publicly tradable asset attached to it. It's really the value that just constantly changes. Web2 companies don't have that tradable asset until they go public. And then another interesting dynamic is that we've seen that many people buy into a project because of the founder. They have a connection with the founder. They align with the founder personally sometimes. And this isn't really occurred in Web2. It, it sometimes would, but people wouldn't buy and sell a stock, say a Facebook share, you know, because of how their personal connection with Mark Zuckerberg was going. Um, but we're really seeing this in Web3. You know, it's 
so sad to see the news about Wiley, you know, um, uh, Gordon Goner, you know, publicly state that he's sick and that he has to step away um, because he has uh, congestive heart failure. And, and, you know, and now that attachment that many of us feel to him, you know, what happens now? Um, and so let's zoom out for a minute and talk about the difference between, you know, web two founders and web three founders and, and our, our, our close connection that we feel to many web three founders, um, and how that plays out, uh, in the future of the project. So I, I think the question I'd love to ask is, do you think that the connections that web three founders have with their community, uh, will go away as the business begins to scale? Um, or is that even scalable period? Um, let's, uh, let's, let's, uh, hand it over to the voice. Cause I think something is happening. Well, I actually do have something to say, but, uh, something <laughs> yeah, do it right, right after <laughs> that. You, you never, know. uh, what I was going to say is a big difference between web two and web three founders is this is kind of a bad word in, in the sense of decentralization, but it is very centralized in web three because we may have a founder that's making all the decisions for a project and in web two, there usually is a transition of power. If for some reason, uh, you know, somebody does get sick or for some reason they just lose interest, then they can move in Web 2 to other leadership that uh, can be, you know, moving along that project. As in Web 3, if that founder is kind of a, a sole person, have no other help, then they are a, a bit, the, the project kind of stagnates. So I think because of that, it adds a different wrinkle into Web 3 because so much is, is put on top of, uh, of Web 3 founders. Right. Yeah, and it, it is the focus is on the founder if they're if they come in as a sole founder and and there's a, a deep connection. I mean, even through Twitter Spaces where you can actually speak to them, right, and and communicate. And I think voice is very intimate, you know, when you connect that way to people. So um, I hear you on that, uh, Ziana. How's it going? GMGM, GM, I'm so sorry. Twitter's been actually super finicky this morning. How are you doing? No problem. <laughs> doing good. Thanks for stopping good, by. Thank you. Um. So. This is actually a really interesting topic. It was actually kind of spoken about on um, uh, Coffee with Captain this morning. And I think it really just depends on the team that you have, right? So I think if you have someone, especially within Web3, that can kind of speak on behalf of the project and whether, you know, all the changes that are happening, obviously, within the, 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 the box and not releasing too much information, I don't think the community will just kind of disappear, right? Um, or just kind of fade. Obviously, you'll have people cycling through as they become more excited or they come into the community and the project. They want to be able to have an opportunity to become close with the team, the founders, or even, I guess you can say like a spokesperson on behalf of the project. Mm. So I think just having someone who can speak on behalf of what's happening, um, I think would, would really create, I guess, a sense of closeness between the founder and the community. Right. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I'll comment on that, on that quickly. And then we'll, uh, we'll go back to the voice. I, you know, I, I think that every community needs um, a, a central uh, kind of gathering point that, that allows people to then start connecting to each other. Um, and that voice can be, uh, I think needs to be someone that's in it for the long term. You know, and and I, I I think it's hard for founders to do what they did in Web two, which is start a company. Kind of, you know, the CEO founder kind of operates and you know behind the scenes, 
and you know they let their comms team or their community team do all the talking. I just don't think it works in Web three, um, and it does create these dependencies on on founders. But but I actually think that real communities are built that way. They're just built around people, like you know, not brands. And so I think we get really attached to people, and that's the way we work as humans, and that's good. Um, and I think that's going to continue. Uh, and, and that's actually what makes communities so, so, so deep and so special. I mean, I think, you know, I feel all of that with all of you and daily dose, like I feel very connected to you. Um, and I, I want that and I like it, um, you know, and, and I want to continue communicating with you long-term and, um, you know, if I was to suddenly step back and be quiet, it just, I, I think it would be strange. Um, so I think we'll see it continue. I think it does introduce in- interesting dependencies, but ultimately, I think they're human and they're good. You're different, um, though. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, I, I think the Daily Dose is doing stuff that I've only seen, like, a very few communities have done, which is, like, not they're not really only leaning on you to keep cultivating. And while you also, you were, like, one of the first people to, like, say, hey, I want you all to also build, right? So you're legit seeing, like, pockets of communities gathering together in different cities you know i appreciate that so that's like but that's also like how you also kind of you know kind of leave yourself a bit and right you know, we have the it's, it's a good thing y'all it's i appreciate that so thank you i mean and speaking of literally there's a, a tweet from the nft thika which said we had a blast on our irl on sunday in new delhi first ever indian daily dose meetup adding some pictures like amen like yes i yeah, love yeah, seeing you awesome, connect though. that's that's huge is that great <laughs> so yeah i love it you're right it's like let's empower you all to, to to connect to each other so thanks ed very kind appreciate that um i do think though something happened the daily dose account and we need to hear it radio transmission into this old antique shop and I've got a chance to check out this computer. Oh wow, this computer really took a beating. Let's see, what? Great Scott! I can still log into the Daily Dose Twitter. Whoa, this is heavy. Somebody out there must be able to help me. I love that. Oh my gosh, the Daily Doser. She was able to get into the antique shop, y'all, and log in, which is how we're getting these Twitter transmissions. Uh, so exciting. We've got to save her. So we're depending on all of you putting your brains together and digging into those clues. Um, I, we've got to figure it out. There's only a couple days left uh, of, of these clues, and then we hopefully will bring our Daily Doser back from the future. Um, also, uh, uh, props to the voice for putting in that's heavy in there. <laughs> I love it. Um, all right, y'all. I, it's so fun to see you having fun with the game. Um, can't wait to uh, open up submissions. Um, it's going to be wild to see how it shakes out. So thank you very much, uh, everybody, for helping out. Um, let's, gosh, we only have three minutes. Um, let's do something real fast. Uh, so as you all know, we're, we're constantly iterating how we do POAPs. We're prepping to start dropping next week. And uh, we are working with uh, taking roll call during the show with emojis. Um, it's, a, it's kind of a light way to see who's here and who's, who's alive. <laughs> so if you're here and you're alive, uh, throw us a thumbs up. So like this, throw us a thumbs up, everybody. If you are here 
and you want to be a part of roll call, uh, throw us a little thumbs up. Love it. Um, keep throwing us those little thumbs up. Uh, Ed's here. Love it. Deanna's here. The voice is here. Let's scroll down. Let's see else who is here. Uh, Sugar Squirts is here. <laughs> I love that. Y'all keep those thumbs up coming. I uh, appreciate it. I think this is this uh, roll call thing is going to work out. So tell, like I said, tell your your Discord farmers out there. They got to join us actually on Monday and uh, and be part of the roll call. All right. That was fun. No, it wasn't. But I mean, it was necessary. <laughs> okay. Um, let's go to, uh, let's get a couple quick comments on this uh, idea of founders in, in Web3 and, and, and the personal connection and what it means. Uh, let's hand it over to Habibi. Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah, I Welcome. just, um, overall, I think Web3 is just bringing the customer relationship to the forefront of a brand and a business, which over time has continued to develop as social media has grown in popularity and kind of just changed how we interact on a day-to-day life. So I think maybe not necessarily just the founders, but just overall having a community that's able to work together and be supported by a brand is really where that Web3 aspect comes about. And I don't see that going away. Not today, not tomorrow, not for ever. Like I I think it's going to continue to enhance over time i love it yeah, yeah i think you nailed it yeah this is the the evolution of our connection you know whether calm you know part of the family customers collectors fans yeah this is the the evolution of that relationship so and i love it personally um let's get a quick comment from lucky hello hey gm ryan and clemente thanks for GM. having me on uh, i'm a lifelong entrepreneur i've probably spent less than five percent of my total life working for somebody and I would say this is the most unique time to get like live product feedback from your customers rather than like building, manufacturing, putting out a product. And then you never get to see the face of the people unless you like hold a focus like market group. So, uh, yeah, it, I, I don't think necessarily one is better than the other. I think it's like different strokes for different folks. And mm. if this is your cup of tea and, you know, you're, you're a glutton for a little bit of punishment, um, I, I think it's, it's an exciting, exciting ride and, and grateful to be part of it. I love it. Thanks for the quick comment. Couldn't agree more. Like, how fun is it, y'all? I can literally ask for you to give me an emoji based on how you feel about something we're building. <laughs> it's so, I love it. Instant feedback, uh, instant communication. Yeah, that's my jam. Love it. All right, y'all, that's the show. Wow. Um, really enjoyed the discussion around open editions. Appreciated the quick comments on founders in Web3 and where we're going with this. Um, really uh, appreciate the speakers chiming in, sharing knowledge. Uh, thanks so much uh, to our amazing uh, partners uh, in Lucky Trader and Mintify. Uh, also, thanks to The Voice, uh, to Gigi, to Mr. Benjamin, uh, to Clemente, John, the whole crew for 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 bringing you this game. Uh, good luck today. Find that clue. Uh, can't wait to see uh, you all in some of those spaces talking about the clue. Um, and uh, with that, uh, I think it's time to pass it over to Clemente to take us out some tunes. Absolutely. And a quick shout out. If you want to check out the other uh, daily dosers, India meetup, it's pinned up at the top. Some great pictures look, looked like an absolute blast. We're going to have Ward daddy capital joining us tomorrow. We're going to be doing a really interesting deep dive on uh, NFT loans and uh, that DeFi aspect of it. So it's going to be a really good one. And lastly, don't forget to join a puke rainbow daily dose Asia host for another episode of the Daily Dose Detective. 